Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Oh, the great man is uh, really back in Australia for his big concert tour, part of his Yellow Brick Road World Farewell Tour, Elton John that time. I'm still standing. And what a rave review we read about his performances in Newcastle at the big uh, field there during the week. They had two performances. And, uh, mate, it was chock-a-block. Were you there? I... Were you there, madam? You were going to try and get tickets for me. What happened? No, I think they sold out, Pete. I said that was the problem. And, uh, yeah, what a a sad thing. But I have seen him before. He was amazing. Have you seen him? Several times. Ah, amazing, amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that he could... Keep going for that long at his age as well. What a man. Well, this is for all the 75-year-olds. Yes. Yes, look at that. <laughs> I'm not there Goals. yet, but I tell you, if I was like Elton, I'd be very happy about the health oh, yeah. or state of health uh, to be able to work the stage there for two and a half hours mm. without any support act or anything like that and just keep on pumping that piano. Now, today on the Gardening Gang, friends and neighbours, we're being sponsored by our very good friends, Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, still pumping at... <laughs> Wyoming, and of course, our good friends over at um, Berkeley Vale, which is Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Very important mm. to secure your home, particularly if you're going to be travelling. Today, the topic uh, that comes to mind, Sherlyn, is based on a new book coming up called uh, Future Proofing Your Garden. Yes. And I know we've got an interview in the can. Now, we had the opportunity of talking to this particular gentleman. Uh, during the course of the week, we couldn't get him on the uh, live show on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And this guy, well, let's say this, uh, was very interesting. And we'll get people just to stand by. We'll play yes. a little song and come back and play part one of our bit of a chat about this new book called Future Proofing Your Garden. Happy with that? Yes, I am. Hits at Coast FM there is the searcher's hit every time you walk in that room uh, and you see Sherilyn looking so bright and cheerful <laughs> in her beautiful golden locks and she comes on so nicely on a Saturday morning dress for success on the radio uh, yes. and nobody can see you. No, they can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just for me. I, I love it. <laughs> and our guests, of course. Yes. During the week, um, Sherilyn received a request from one of the major publishers and said, there's a garden book out, Sherilyn. And you indicated to me that, uh, oh, this particular writer is well-known in the gardening industry. Oh, yes. So we did be recording, I think, during the week sometime did. and uh, did a two-part interview with this guy. Let's uh, kick it off here. We we're putting a phone call through and... Hello. Good morning, Angus. I'm Cheryl and Darcy and this is my co-host, Pete Little. I, I thought we were talking to Rod Stewart. <laughs> no, oh, not. come on, Cheryl. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm new to gardening, by the way. Angus, it's Pete Little here who does the radio show with Cheryl mm-hmm. at Coast FM in Gosford and it's a little community radio station with high ratings. We so do. maybe you can give us a few tips on your broadcast career, mate. What should we do? Where should we go from here? Should we go? Should we chasing the ABC contract? <laughs> well, it's um, it's a love job. A bit like community radio, eh? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, you're coming through nice and loud and clear on the phone there. That's ah, great. Thank okay. you so much. Uh, look, uh, I've got to also say to you that Sherilyn is a bit starstruck oh. this morning <laughs> because she has this great a- admiration for your uh, ability and your skill. I do. And your profile in the business. So treat yeah. her gently. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I much I, appreciate it. I, I, I'm a big fan of your work, and and I and I do love this new book. I already have it. So, so you've um, not met uh, this guy. I've never met Angus oh, before. No, so neither have we. That's nice it. talking so to you, great. mate. People of your status are highly regarded, and we certainly appreciate the time you've given to us. But we're here to help promote your book as well, Future Proofing Your Garden. Sherilyn, what do you know about future proofing? Well, when I think of future proofing, obviously I think it's protecting my garden and growing things in a way that uh, can be sustainable and, it, and it's protected from extreme weather events, I'm guessing, but I'm going to ask the expert. Yeah, is Angus, she right? Why? Am I right? Angus, what led you to write this book? Yes, it's uh, the subject of climate change uh, looms large for a lot of people and uh, we've seen some very extreme weather events in the last decade and uh, my co-author on the book is my daughter Emma ah, yes. who being of a younger generation she's obviously very concerned about the future of the environment we wanted to do something that, that spoke to people about what they could do at an individual level in their own gardens to uh, uh, not only make their gardens more sustainable, but also how do we protect ourselves from those extreme weather events that are becoming ever more common. You're right, mate, because all the daughters keep you on track, don't they, Ed? So lately you don't, you don't challenge that. And uh, yes. I was reading, a, uh, there's a, bit of, a lot of talk about this uh, future proofing, and one story I saw in the Herald this week indicated the first thing you should do is grow more trees. Uh, what's your philosophy? What have you discovered? Well, I uh, six years ago I moved to Tasmania, and incidentally, I grew up in Gosford and did most of my horticulture up there uh, in in the area. But uh, six years ago, I decided uh, to move to Tasmania, where uh, call me a climate refugee, if you like. It was just uh, getting too hot and humid and. Mm. So on in on the Central Coast, it's a wonderful place. But um, yeah, I made the choice to come down here and start planting trees. So I've put in quite a few thousand already. Mm. Wow! And my philosophy is to uh, encourage people not just to grow trees, but uh, the book is all about how do we make those trees grow better with uh, less water, grow faster in ways that can sequester carbon and uh, also provide habitat for biodiversity and part of my philosophy also is to, to plant rare and endangered species as a sort of um, genetic uh, future proofing as well. So on the central coast are there any of these trees that you could suggest that lead in with this way of looking after the future before our garden is here? Not more gum trees surely. <laughs> probably Come on, is, Don't tell me gum trees mate. <laughs> well, there is the Gosford wattle, in fact, uh, Pete. So if you're looking for the ideal tree to actually uh, grow quickly mm-hmm. and takes a lot of carbon out of the atmosphere as it does it, uh, the beautiful Acacia prominence, the Gosford wattle, yeah. is, is one of the few wattles that grows into a, a large, long-lived tree. So that's one thing you could plant. Mm-hmm. The Sydney red gum, of course, um, yeah. Angophora costata um, is a signature tree of of the area there, and uh, things like the yellow bloodwood with its beautiful flowers, uh, iconic species that I would be planting on the Central Coast. 
as, as well as some uh, rare and endangered uh, Mallee species uh, that oh, yes. grow in, say, Brisbane Water National Park. Mm. We forget that when we go mm. to the national parks, let's have a look what's growing well in our areas and then replicate that in our gardens. In a smaller scale, that can work. We're talking to uh, Angus Stewart today about his new book called Future Proofing Your Garden. Part two coming right up. At home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. Our guest this morning is Angus Stewart. has a brand new book out called Future Proof Your Garden. A former Central Coast guy who became a bit of a media star. Oh, very much so. So what part of Taz are you living in there now, uh, Angus? Um, yeah, look, I'm on the Tasman Peninsula, which uh, most people will be familiar with Port Arthur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, just to the east of uh, Hobart and... Uh, it's uh, just a spectacular place to live, but also a great horticultural uh, spot as well. So that was one of the things that attracted me here. And the climate is uh, absolutely uh, beautiful. And, yeah, the natural beauty and biodiversity is also something to behold. Uh, Angus, I've been around gardening for 30-plus years. Now, in your book, Deep Planting... Is this something yeah, I can hear you Do you know about deep planting, yeah, Sharon? Yeah, I know a little bit about it, but nothing compared to, to Angus. So why are you doing this? Look, the, uh, when I was uh, working on Gardening Australia, the TV program, I did a story on a guy who invented a, a horticultural technique called long stem planting. Mm-hmm. A guy called Bill Hicks, who's up in the Hunter Valley, Lake Bill Hicks, uh, a great environmentalist mm. and he developed this technique to revegetate areas along uh, creeks and rivers so uh, that you could develop a, a very deep root system so they wouldn't wash away in the next flood. So ah. he actually grew his trees uh, a metre tall as tube stock and then drilled a, a metre deep hole and inserted the trees Eucalypts and acacias, in spite of the sort of um, common logic and uh, horticulture that you you can't plant uh, those sort of trees that deeply, or they'll just uh, the roots mm. will rot away. Mm. And that's something that um, ever since I did that story with, uh, on Bill Hicks, uh, I've been experimenting, and uh, I used to have a property on the Central Coast where I planted a whole lot of uh, tree and shrub species to Mm -hmm. test the limits of uh, deep planting. And the thing about it is you don't need to plant them a a metre deep. That was something Bill was doing to revegetate creeks and rivers. So basically, if you put them in even a few inches deeper, you get a root system developing along the buried stem, which not only makes the plant more stable, but... Mm -hmm gives it access to the moisture in the subsoil and uh, the trees and shrubs actually grow and establish much better in most cases. Now, how many books uh, have you, are you up to now, Angus, with your uh, in your writing career? Yes, uh, this is the seventh book. Okay. Right. And are you making a fortune out of your books or not? <laughs> Unlike Cheryl, I think. <laughs> Sherilyn Darcy, I don't know if she's also a prolific writer, but most of her book uh, 
book, what do you call them, book money? Royalties, that's it. Royalties, yeah. Come out of the United States. They do. They take their... You don't make a lot of money out of it, mate, but you've got to put up with media. You do it for love, don't you, Angus? That's what you do it for. And sharing what you're passionate about. Absolutely, and uh, it's the same as uh, community radio, which mm. I've done a bit of down here in Tasmania on uh, Tasman FM. And okay. uh, hats off to you both for you know uh, putting in the time to share that love of gardening. It's a pleasure because we like to see, uh, you know, particularly our local people who have been, uh, you know, uh, kind of got their got their start here on the Central Coast and yes. moved on to bigger and better things. And, and you co-hosted this book with your daughter, Emma. What's it like working with uh, the family on a book? Are there many arguments at times about... Uh, <laughs> what goes in and what goes out? <laughs> what goes in, what goes out? Yes, in, in short. Uh, and uh, the thing about your own children, are they very honest with you? Sure. And so you get the, probably get the feedback that you, uh, that you need <laughs> at times. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was great experience though to, to write with Emma. She's a, a, a really passionate plant person and yeah. we uh, developed an extensive plant directory at the back of the book to yes. um, give people a, a list of species that either can uh, tolerate not much water or mm. too much water as we've been seeing over the last few years. That was Emma's particular uh, passion in the book, to create that uh, plant list. That directory in the back there, Angus, that was a really, that was fantastic that Emma put that in because I've already found that invaluable. I love that list. And a lot of books don't include those sorts of things, so well done. That is very good for gardeners. Been great fun talking to Angus Stewart today. The brand-new book, Future Proof Your Garden. Angus from Tasmania this morning. Thanks for joining us and thanks for your time, Angus. Thanks, Angus. My absolute pleasure. Nice talking to you, Angus. Thanks, Angus. Four Tops at Coast FM 963, home of the classic hits, and if I were a carpenter. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy is the gardening gang this morning, and Sherilyn, you are still somewhat starstruck. I am. After talking to Rods and Rod Stewart. <laughs> Angus Stewart, Pete. Angus Stewart. Now, is his book out and about It is out speak? and about, and you can get it directly from Angus as well, which I'd like to get it from him as well. It's so exciting. Gardeningwithangus.com.au. If you jump on there, he's got all his books there, but Future Proof Your Garden is there. Now, future-proofing, is that something you're doing at your place? Trying to, putting more natives in as well. And I want to try that deep planting. I think that's a really good thing. I do vaguely remember seeing it on Gardening but Australia. But you not a on. river anywhere. He was no, talking you don't need about... To be, no, 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 you don't need to be... A, you weren't listening, were you? You need to listen to these guests that I get for you so your education in gardening is complete, Mr. I heard him talking about some guy <laughs> deep <laughs> planting <laughs> by a river. That was Bill Hicks, very well known. The um, late Bill. <laughs> the late Bill Hicks, yes. But uh, you can do it in your garden, as, as Angus said. You just don't planted it as deep, but it's all in his book, Future Proofing Your Garden, and you can jump onto gardeningwithangus.com.au and you can get a copy. Well, hopefully more fabulous guests as the year goes on. 
I think Angus may well be a good resource for the gardening gang to tap into if we need a bit of uh, a comment about something well, special. Well, I've got a bit of news. Angus has, because he's, a, he's an old Gosford boy, he has agreed to be our special guest expert from time to time. Oh, mates' uh, rates. Mates' rates, yes. We had a little chat with him afterwards. He loves the gardening gang and he's going to be an honorary gangster, Pete, for 2023. How's that? Look forward to that. Right at home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on the Saturday morning. And uh, we've got uh, our spies out looking for Vicky. Mm. Have you seen Vicky? What is hot, Vicky? Is she there? Is she there? Switch the button in here. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Good morning, Vicky. Thought we lost you there, Vicky, because oh, a lot of. A lot of nice weather I'm around. Here, you might have gone off to the, the beach bushes. today. Just okay. The bushes. You're out of the oh, bushes now to join out. us now with uh, what's hot around the nurseries of the Central Coast this weekend. Tell us. Well, it was our what's hot last week, but this week Burbank have got a big stash of hibiscus. And the Wildflower Meadow, formerly known as Wildflower Place, they're open and ready for business and they have fresh bouquets of beautiful flowers. Where are they? And for the leaves, they're next door to Burbank at Erin Heights. Okay. So, okay. Uh, actually, I did do uh, around the garden centres. Angus Stewart was at the Wildflower Place a couple of weeks ago. Oh, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is our special guest today, Pete. I know that. Uh, yes. Okay, no problem. Sorry, we'll keep moving on the uh, what's around the nurseries. Moving right along. For the Lee Rowan shoppers out there, they have just dropped a Gavin video. So, so for those that know Lee Rowan, Gavin does these awesome plant videos and just let shoppers know what's going on and apparently there's been a lot of bloopers along the way so they've compiled a video with lots of Gavin's bloopers so if you're a fan of Lee Rowan's get onto their website and have a look at Gavin and his bloopers alright Noraville Green at Turkley have got the highly unusual silver dollar vines in stock along with a heap of other cool indoor greenery so go and check them out that's it they've all slowed down a little bit haven't they well, it is the time of year, you know, people getting back to uh, normality after the holidays, you know, a bit of the old shaking of the leaves to get us back into form again. So, Vic, uh, turning to uh, the people who pay your bills, uh, Narara Valley Nursery, what's, uh, yes. what's hot there at the moment? We had our Proteoflora delivery coming this week and we've got beautiful white and red waratahs. We've got thank you birthday candles and Lucas Berman's in Safari Sunset, so exquisite Mardi Gras, Purple Haze, Carnival Red and Calypso Red, all there for you. Now I know the Proteus because they are a South African Good. plant, aren't You've they? Been because listening. they named the South Correct. African cricketers exactly. the Proteus. Exactly. Very yes, good. What are these Proteus doing? They discovered they them the flower. We- we do have the colloquies, which is the Waratahs, and they are an Aussie native, those ones. So, so why have they changed the name? They're different varieties of species of plants. Oh, oh okay. So they, they are a kind of a waratah, but it's not a waratah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're hybrids. Hybrids away. Now, let's uh, ask Vic <laughs> if we can in the nicest possible way what is not hot in the gardening world this week, Vic? Aphids, and they're everywhere right oh. now. Absolutely everywhere. Even on eucalyptus, I've noticed. Oh, so okay. the best way to get on top of aphids is to monitor your plants. It's better to see them when they're just a little bit there instead of a lot there. That way then you can test oil them or you can just blow them off the hose. Check for ants as well because ants like to farm the aphids and use them as little honeydew farms. 
Uh, you can plant onions as well. Did you know that, Caroline? They don't like those beastly yes, onions. They don't like no. Onions. Mm. And oh. don't over fertilize your garden because they they really enjoy plants high in nitrogen. So mm. keep your fertilizer right on par with what these. And how long will they last for these aphids? Are they hanging around for a couple of weeks or months or what? Whole year? Well, they normally get eaten up by all of the good predators out there, but oh. a lot of the good predators aren't around lately because a lot of people are overusing chemicals. Yeah. That's yeah, not hot. Just leave them to their own. Not a hot one at all, is it? No. No. Okay, well, on that basis, let's just cheer our little minds up here and get uh, to Sherilyn, who's now going to put it to us about the gardening uh, game, the uh, fact or the fib. Now, Sherilyn Darcy's got her yes. computer at the ready. She's done the research. Ding, ding. Vic, you won last week. Yes. You were able to tell that it was a fact. Mm. So I think I said yes, it was I'm a fib. Nevertheless, <laughs> I'm right. learning the is craft it here. Gardening gang game, is it a botanical fact or is it a fib? Play along at home if you'd like to. Let's go. Plants are very funny things, aren't they? They grow in all different sorts oh, of ways. Oh, laugh a minute, yes. <laughs> laugh a minute. But I've got one for both of you. Fascinating. It's called the pill-pill vine. Now, this grows right deep in Chile and sometimes in Argentina as well. And it's a very clever vine because if it notices that something's eating it, it will completely change the look of its leaves. It'll change the colour slightly, the shape of the leaves, the veins in the leaves, like on the plant. It'll do it very quickly. The new leaves that grow out so that the bug that's eating that vine... It could be an aphid or something. We'll go, oh, we'll actually go, oh, I don't want to eat this. It's not the the vine I came here to eat. That's what it will do. It's full the pill pill. It's called called a pill pill vine. So this is a fascinating thing, only been discovered recently as well. So is that a botanical fact or a fib? Well, this was given to us in a fairly direct and uh, confident way. So, (laughs) But I'm going to give you the opportunity, uh, what's hot, to... uh, Take your pick of the word, fact or fib, yeah. on this one. Plants are pretty clever, so I'm going to look in true. I'm siding with you, but uh, because you've already scored that one, I'm saying false. All right. So Ooh. back to Ms Darcy now to give us the outcome. Okay, well, the vine has been known for a very, very long time, but a few years ago, a plant scientist called Ernesto Giannoli, he was wandering through the forest and he looked at the vine and went, that's really weird, it's got different leaves on it. And he took out a texture and he marked them and he found out that, yes, indeed, the leaves were changing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's a fascinating thing. So what it's actually called is mimetic polymorphism. It's the ability for a plant to change change its appearance or for anything to change its appearance so that it can blend in with its environment or to protect itself as well. So the pill pill... Enough, 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 <laughs> enough, enough, enough. The Boquilla <laughs> trifoliator. So, Vicky, I think you've just scored another point. Yeah! Yeah! Uh, I should have uh, sided with the Brains Trust there, but... Uh, I just went out in a boy's own kind of direction. All right. Failing, of course. You did. All right. Thank I'll put that on the business. One each. One all. How did you go at home? <laughs> <laughs> I know Vic's got two week. up now. She's got two up. Yes, oh, God. Okay, Vic, all your eight steaming ahead. Pete, going to have to work a bit harder next week. Okay, thanks, Vic. <laughs> have a great day and enjoy. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, Vicky. Bye. There's what's hot, Vicky. Part of Coast FM's Saturday morning gardening gang. Here with the gardening gang with Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy being sponsored every week by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming. Open all this weekend. Check them out. And 
future. Oh, the future. The future is, yes it is, Doormaster Security Doors and Windows for your home. Our co-sponsors right throughout the year here at Coast FM. Sherlyn, new segment. We couldn't find anyone to present this this week because they're on the holidays. <laughs> Everybody's MC, on. where are you? MC's so out in the wild. this is our new segment <laughs> each week called The Gardening Goss. That's the Gossip right. of the Garden. Gossip from the garden. Here we go. First of all, another gardening legend and hero, Graham Ross AM. He is Australia's most awarded horticulturalist and he has a new rose named after him. It's a beautiful yellow tea rose, Pete. Lovely flower. The Lovely. official Ross Rose. The, yes, the Graham Ross AM Rose. And But most importantly, $2 from the sale of each is to be donated to Next Sense. And you might know that as formerly as the Royal Institute for Deaf and Blind Children. Graham Ross AM is well known for his support of Next Sense through the amazing flower shows that he organises that raise funds and awareness for them. Ask your local nursery for the Graham Ross AM Rose out now. What Very colour? exciting. It's yellow. Oh, it's a beautiful yellow tea rose and it has a very sweet, I haven't smelt it yet, but I hear it has a very sweet, lovely scent, a scent and it's very, very heat tolerant, which is what we need right here on Perfect. the Central Coast. It will grow here. Next in the gardening goals, research coming out of the University of South Australia confirms that vertical gardening on your buildings does save the earth and your power bills. It is a fact, not just a thought. The university has proved in brand new experiments that other types of walls are only 15% as efficient in cooling interiors as vertical gardens. So there's green walls that you see everywhere that people are doing. Closer to home, the entrance public school garden needs your help. A few keen gardeners are needed over the next few weeks of the school holidays. I think we've only got two left, maybe three. They want to pretty up the front entrance there. If you can help out with a few hours of your time, call Miranda on 04686425599. And that's the gardening goss for this week. A little bit of more goss that I picked up during the week. Uh, someone analysed all the maximum temperatures of the Central Coast and Sydney Basin. Mm-hmm. And over the last 12 months, this is a whole year now, mm-hmm. the temperatures only got over 30 degrees once. I the other day, Pete, yes. Only once. Yes, we haven't had a scorcher, have we? That's my goss. Mm. Well, the hits at Coast FM. Every Saturday we play a song, the uh, song that uh, Sherilyn will dance to, not on the radio, but uh, within the radio studio, and that was her <laughs> dance song. That was tell, him, tell him right now. <laughs> no he excuses. Puffed. Here we go. It's a fun Saturday morning here at Coast FM. And we've got so many people here looking at the show being we made have. today. We have. Out the window. Hi, guys. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, that's great. Where are they from? Uh, they're they're from local the nurseries, new, are they? No, they're from the new flower market down in Erina. That's where they're from. I'm going to see if uh, we can get they're them. They're coming come up on, on the uh, What's On show. They are. They are. After just talking morning. to them. Yes. Okay, now we've just got the bell going here for the very, very reason that it's time for School of the Air mm-hmm. and also for. The time to get your hands dirty, friends. That's right, Coasties. Get those gloves on. Get the gloves dirty, the hands dirty, and your gumboots on because it's time to get out into the garden and do a little bit of gardening. First of all, make sure you're picking beans daily as this will extend their harvest. And if your cucumbers have started sending out fruitless runners, that's a bit of a shame, well, just snip them off and that'll encourage these to branch out and fruit and you'll have cukes before you know it. This week, you could plant culinary herbs, beans, you can still get them in, dwarf and running, beetroot, broccoli, 
Brussels sprouts, cabbages, carrot, cauliflower, celery, chicory, cress, more cucumbers, endive, kohlrabi, that's that German sort of turnip plant, very popular these days, leeks, lettuce, marrow, mustard, spring onions, parsnips, tubers of potatoes can go in now, radishes, crowns of rhubarb can go in, silver beet, swedes, sweet corn, turnips, zucchinis, and a few other things, but also flowers, a few flowers that can go in now, baronia, calendula can go in, also cyclamens, forget-me-nots, marigolds, nasturtiums, pansies, Iceland poppies, primulas, vinca violas, and wallflowers. Oh, that's very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, another one we forgot there was the partridge in a pear tree as oh. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that time of the year, Pete. You can get lots of things in and uh, it'll all, there's a lot of things you can put in now, your autumn colour as well, so get out there and get that in. Also had a call too, uh, while you uh, had the news on there, Sherilyn, mm-hmm. uh, someone just checking out to see where they can get that book by... Uh, our earlier guest today, but from Angus Stewart, of course. Well, Ron you can, Stewart's <laughs> brother. Yeah. You can get it. At, <laughs> you can. Oh, we're both getting a bit choky. Then we're so excited. You can get it from all good bookstores, of course. But if you want to get it straight from Angus, which I'd like to get it straight from Angus, gardeningwithangus.com.au. Village people at Coast FM with the Gardening Gang, Pete and Sherlin here this morning, and it is the Gardening School of the Air, Sherlin, and we have um, a gentleman called Jeff, and he's from Jillaby. Good morning to you, Jeffrey. Good morning, Jeff. Hello. How are you going, Pete? How are you going, Sherlin? We're doing very well, mate. Yeah. Now, your uh, question for Sherlin is about beans, I believe. That's right, yes. We um, we have our veggie garden down the back, mm-hmm. um, built up fairly high so the rabbits can't eat everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and also enclosed so the uh, the birds can't get in there mm-hmm. um, we've always had a good crop of beans climbing beans mm-hmm. I put them in this year and I'm getting lots of flowers but no beans mm-hmm. now I did use some old seeds and I'm wondering if that's the problem okay. how old mate yeah, yeah. Confess, how old are these seeds? <laughs> 25 bean. years old? And the bean bean. Oh, not as old as me, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeff, there's a couple of things that could be going on, and you hit the nail on the head there. Beans, seeds, all those things. Our seeds do lose their viability as they age, just like us, Pete. Oh, and right. Jeff, unfortunately, we're just not as fertile as we used to be. So that can be one problem. But really, I... Th- I think that could be it. But another one is low pollination rate. So be that all those flowers sitting there. So we've actually proved that, oh, well, the, the plant's there. There's lots of flowers there. But I think it could be also the fact that your flowers aren't getting pollinated. Birds and bees, there needs to be a little bit of, you know, very yeah, work going yeah. on in the garden. So that's yeah. what's happening. So you need to attract more pollinators to your garden. And to do that, it's more blue and yellow flowers around your crops is a really good idea to put some of those things in. The old borage grows really fast. You've got to look after it, otherwise it takes over. But it, I'll tell you what, the bees love it. Or some yeah, of the yeah. long flowering basils are really good as well. So popping a few of those plants in amongst your beans or around your beans will bring those pollinators in, Or you can get out there the old-fashioned way. If you've still got some flowers, get a paintbrush and you dip one into one flower and dip it into the other. So you've got to go out there yep. and give it a hand to pollinate them. I'd say that yeah. that will help you a lot. Have you tried so, those uh, at all before, Jeff? No, I haven't. But, look, I have noticed over the last few years um, there's just not the bees around that we yeah. used to get. 
That's right. That is absolutely right. But encouraging the native bees in as well, a few ways you can do that because they will really help with uh, those smaller flowers. They're fantastic for tomatoes and, and things like that. So having, if you have a look online, you can see the little native grub hotels. You can make them easily yourself as well, but you'll get an idea. Just little sticks yeah. of bamboo tied together into sort of like a circle and put into yeah. trees in the shade, not in the sun. And that'll attract yeah. your native bees to come in. And they're really good pollinators so a few of those around the place can help as well but more flowers in the garden and uh, you'll attract more pollinators well there you go mate there's a bit of a tip for you up there in Jillaby this morning thanks for joining us Jeffrey and uh, being part of our gang this morning here at Coast Africa. good luck Jeff thank good you good luck to you my okay, friend thank when, you. You, when they all thank come you. out I like a couple of beans mate <laughs> you can whack <laughs> them in the post box here at Coast <laughs> FM <laughs> okay have a good day thank Bye. you Jeffrey there's Jeff Coast FM with the gardening gang you're right at home with the Gardening Gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, the Gardening Gang, Pete and Sherilyn on this Saturday morning. And Sherilyn's got some feedback or a question mm. uh, for our pet vet. I do. Nurse. We've got Liza, our pet vet nurse, on this morning. Welcome, Liza. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good, but we've got a perplexing question from one of our listeners. I've got the email here, Pete. <laughs> And what is that perplexing question, Sherilyn? Okay, so Wendy here from Lake Haven says that her children are primary school age and they really want guinea pigs. So her question was, are they appropriate for primary school age children? And if so, Liza, can you give a few tips on how to look after them? How about me first? You'll regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right, Liza? Liza, primary school kids with uh, uh, guinea pigs and uh, a few tips if she decides to go ahead with it. Look, are guinea pigs appropriate for primary school children? Absolutely. They're lovely, cuddly, gorgeous little pets, but they do have a lot of upkeep. And I would say probably even more than a cat or a dog. What? Really? Yeah. So you need to have an appropriate hutch for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They are a flocking animal, so they will get very nervous and anxious if there's not at least two. And, of course, sometimes if they're not sexed properly, two can turn into a hell of a lot more. (laughs) Like rabbits. Um, So it is good to make sure that they're sexed properly if you don't want extra babies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, look, what I'll do is I'm going to go through some of the pros and cons. Okay. And I think that's the easiest way to go around it. So if you're thinking about having guinea pigs, the cons are that you will need to have a lot of bedding and straw and change it daily. Mm. They need fresh food and a lot of grass daily. Wow. And so if, if you're happy to take on board those things, that's fine. And like rabbits, they're actually really susceptible to cold and heat because they're a burrowing animal, which means in, in the native areas they come from, which is South America, they burrow deep into the hills. Mm. And when it's too hot or too cold, they've got refuge. But if they're in a hutch outside and they're not protected from heat or cold, especially in, like, Australian summer, they just literally pass away really quickly. Oh, that's not good. So it's noon in winter and and air conditioning in summer, is it? Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of people do. They bring them inside. Oh, do they smell? I know I'm jumping in here, but do they smell? Look, if they're cleaned regularly and they've got appropriate hay, Mm -hmm. they actually have a nice fresh hay-smelling essence to them. Okay. Um... And if you do offer them a litter tray, often rabbits and guinea pigs will often use a specific corner of the hutch or a litter tray mm. that gives easier to change. But they do need a sheltered section of the hutch, like a burrow, 
and they do need an open-air section. But they can be really wonderful little pets. Now, the pros are they're very handable and cuddly. You can get a massive variety of little cubbies or guinea pigs, and they have long hair, short hair, punk rocker hair, really, really cute. They're quite good at giving up and dealing with your vegetable scraps, your fresh vegetable scraps. Oh, good. So it's like, comp- oh, it's like, oh, that's great. It's like an inbuilt yeah, composter so in the house like that. Okay. They, they're good for some of those extra veggies. Mm-hmm. And if you do take them on board and you get into a routine, they're lovely. And they make the most gorgeous, squeaky, whistly noises when they're excited. It's, it's really quite a fun, fantastic Can little... Can you emulate that for yeah, Let's hear it. Let's hear it, now, Liza. It... I, I would love to, but I am really bad at whistling. But it is a really <laughs> funny, funny is it like a... <laughs> is it it's, it's not like a proper whistle, but, it, but it's like this really high-pitched squeal. Oh. And when they're excited, beep, 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 they beep, make beep. these little jumbly noises. Yeah, they're, they're really quite adorable. And... Oh. Um, if they're taken care of properly, they can be a wonderful pet. The other upside, which can be for some families, is that because they've only got a lifespan from around five to eight years, mm-hmm. it's really nice because it is one of those things when your kids are little, they can experience having these lovely pets. And by the time they're old and gone, your children are sort of right, old okay. to traveling and you're not well, worried about yeah. these long-term animals long-term that some people worry commitment. about with a dog or a cat. Right. So they're a shorter lifelong commitment. Okay. Um, but... Look, there's a lot of pluses and um, there's wonderful exotic pet specialist vets who have wonderful, very easily and free downloadable care sheets mm-hmm. online that you can get and just download yourself. And they've got all the wonderful tips and hints, what they can eat, what they can't eat, mm-hmm. what you should have, what you shouldn't have. And on the whole, they make fantastic little pets. Now, is your family dog a predator to these uh, little fairy oh, creatures gosh, or would it be, uh, would it it be uh, <laughs> safe as houses? Look, it really depends because there's a lot you can actually look up and there's a lot of companion animals, dogs cats even, funnily enough because they're part of the rodent family, mm. cabbies even though they're called guinea pigs, they're not actually anywhere from guinea and they're not and they're not like rabbits, not pigs and they're not but, like rabbits, um, okay not yeah, but um <laughs> But, yeah, even with cats who you think were more inclined to go after something that's kind of part of that rodent family, mm. um, there's lots of them who live in perfect harmony. But I think it really depends on your animal. Mm. So, like, I, I know with my animals, I'd have no, I've got multiple cats and dogs and I would have no problem with them having a guinea pig. But they've been used to so many foster animals coming and going mm. that they, they just kind of know the, know the rules. Yeah, know the boundaries, yeah. On the mm. whole, they're really friendly. Thank well, thank you, you so much, Liza. That's been very that instructive today. <laughs> we'll catch you again on The Gardening Gang. All the best now. Pet oh. Fat Nurse Liza joining us on Coast FM today. Coast FM with Madonna that time from our classic hits and the track is called True Blue. True Blue, honey, I love you. I thought that might have been written as a uh, answer song to The True Blue by John Williamson, but it has no regard for Australia None. at all, that song. Mm. Australia None. Day coming up too, by the way. That's uh, the 26th of the month. And uh, Coast FM and uh, the uh, Rotary Clubs 
of uh, Eranerve and Kincumber and all those places, and, yep. have invited yes. us to be uh, the uh, radio DJs at the outside broadcast on Australia Day from Terrigal Haven. You and I, Pete, yes, down there. Yes, we're going to be there. We will because be. Because they've got free sausage sizzle, mm-hmm. they've got free exhibits and yes. all sorts of fun on a big picnic day commencing at 9 o'clock, going through till about uh, 3 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We'll be there between uh, 9 and 12. Not a gardening show. No. It's an all Aussie music show. That's right. From... The Terrigal Haven. That's right. Haven. I'm about to say Lagoon. We no, Lagoon. Terrigal Haven. Haven. And yes. I've been instructed I've got to wear something uh, Aussie. True blue. And it won't be, Sherilyn, mm. it won't be the budgie smugglers <laughs> that I know you like. Not, no, <laughs> there's a time and a place for those and it there won't is. be on you it and it won't there. be at the Haven. Now, <laughs> in the meantime, we move along with the gardening gang this morning <laughs> and uh, Lachlan's sort of a bit busy today to yes. join us for the property report, but Sheldon come up with an idea about new trends in property hmm. uh, design, yes. interior design, Thank more you. so than outside in the garden. And uh, right. you've come up with some very interesting trends that wow. uh, people may be interested in. It used to be desi- interior design trends used to be the actual domain of the sort of silver tails around the place, wasn't it? But now even Kmart jumps on the bandwagon and we can go down and get, as soon as something comes out and it's all in, Kmart and all those big places do it and you can do it yourself as well. So design trends that are going to disappear this year that we're over. The like first current one trends is, that are going to be these are current falling trends, by the wayside. Forget it. So you're going to have to change up a bit. Shades of grey are out. Kim Kardashian and the rest might love them and all those beiges and things, out. They're out. So get your paintbrushes ready because instead, pops of colour, highlight walls and warm tones are ta- taking their place. Not browns. Oh, what warm? Come on, think Not sort of yellows. like... Oh, goodness me. Oh, well... Very- Talking, very, very 70s. Well, talking colours, last year the Pantone colour of the year was periwinkle blue. This year it's vivid magenta, Pete. So that's a very well, that's nice... A hot one. That's a hot one. So there's one for you. So nice uh, crimson red. So you might want to pop that round your house as well. It has been the last few years, it's been almost the decade of massive light fixtures. Great big lights and feature lights. We see them all on those the block and all that. Out. We're not having those anymore. Too many people have banged their heads on them. Not people like you and I, Pete, but taller people than us. They've been banging their heads and they're out. But what is in is table lights and light, old-fashioned sort of lights in the corners as well. So the lamps and all those sorts of things. Talking about things that are old, they're new again. Put down the paintbrushes, put down the chalk paint. You are not allowed to touch the antiques anymore. Believe it or not, antique furniture, the way that it is, or maybe restored to its former glory, is hot, hot, hot. Jumping on the back of the eco trend of the last few years, that's out, by the way, but more on that in a minute, but vintage furniture is going to be hot. The prices are expected to go up, so if you've got some, keep a hold of it or get down to your local Vinnies or antique stores Now, and when you say it. vintage, you're talking I'm about talking, 30s, 40s? Yes, I am, and even earlier, vintage okay. antique furniture is in. Now, eco-trends that have been in for a while, so things that look like the eco and green living, out. Mass-produced things like that, completely out. People are over it. So things that are genuinely old, genuinely recycled, that's what we're looking at. Floating shelves. Oh my gosh, they've been everywhere. Do you know what a floating shelf is, Pete? Yeah, those things. To the wall. They're out. Absolutely out because the vintage furniture's in. So it's better off to have a vintage bookcase than a floating shelf. That's in. Uh, other things that are coming in are Moroccan tiles. So if you're out there tile shopping mm. soon, so the look of and the look of Moroccan tiles as well. 
coming in with that greys and beiges are out, the lovely, beautiful blues and designed. But that look, so those tiles are really back in. The feature wall that was very big in the 80s, so it's an 80s stream, is back, bold, unexpected colours. So think a big teal wall or a magenta wall, feature walls are in. And also with a bit of texturing as well and a bit of panelling, that's in. Modern curves are hot, hot, hot. We've had a lot of geometry in interiors, so also in walls and in fixtures and in sculptures and things we put around the house and our artworks, all that geometric shapes and the rose gold and the gold in our tapwares, all that gone. out, gone. Okay. We're going curves. We're going back to silver. We're going back to warmer tones, as I said, so a warm gold is okay. And also uh, curves are coming in, so all those angles are out. So there you go. If you're looking at uh, doing interiors this year, that's what's out and this is what's in. Excellent. And tell you what the other movie uh, that's in at the moment, very mm-hmm. big in America, uh, particularly when they uh, stole a number of awards at the Golden Globes, that is the Elvis movie. Yes. Uh, but, of course, Lisa Sadly. Marie never made it. No. No, but still in all, the legend lives on in this yeah. song as well. Graceland, mm. Coast FM. To your company this morning, we've really had a great little program full of vim, vigor, and variety, mm, right, Shirley? Absolutely. <laughs> More of that next week here at Coast FM. And the topic we're choosing next week, which is getting very close to Australia Day, is grow your own bush tucker at home. We're going to talk to Jake, are we? Jake, well, hopefully we are. Maybe yes. the local bush tucker man. We're going mm-hmm. to find Jakey somewhere. We will. He could be under a rock. He could. <laughs> at the moment. We'll get him in. Don't you worry. <laughs> News coming up at uh, ten o'clock, and then we've got Mish Martin and gang, and they've got the uh, weekend what's on program right here from Coast FM. <laughs>